crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And today is a very special day. We've got a renowned TA expert and a self-proclaimed, or at least I'm calling him that, a spiritual leader joining us this morning. We got waters (laughs) above in the building, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how September 2023 has finally arrived bringing forth what many are calling the most important month for crypto of the year. As the financial firms on the planet are collaborating to bring forth a new era of payments, now linking into blockchain to upgrade their technology. Gary Gensler was questioned at the Senate banking hearing yesterday, doubling down on his belief that nearly all crypto assets are securities. And with Jubilee coming to a close on September 18th, we break down the details, showing our community how a final black swan could be imminent before Bull Run 2025. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, this is going to be a really exciting episode. We're talking crypto, we're talking politics, but we're also talking aliens. So this is going to be a great episode for our listeners. How are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, there's no better episode to be talking about aliens than having our friend Warders Above on. This is going to be very, very interesting. But let me start like I always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys and appreciate you for showing up every single day. And it's great to see you guys, Gonzo, Mario, and Warders. I can't wait to hop into it. It should be a very, very interesting episode today, boys. Gonzo, I see you got the Bull Run sweatshirt on. But we're talking Black Swan events this morning as Jubilee is going to be ending on September 18th. Waters Above is going to be breaking down the details, but how are you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling great. I'm just feeling very appreciative. Like anytime that I'm on the show with Waters Above, it's like a full circle moment for me. Like two of my biggest mentors have been JV and then Waters Above. Like he's always talking about like teaching a skill. And I I was able to learn technical analysis because of him and then bring that over to the academy and turned it into what it's become, which is like, it's just very surreal. Right. Um, and then like, you know, now I have the call on 3T Espanol that I do in Spanish. It's a TA call on Fridays. And so just very grateful and just thank you so much waters for, for being the person that you are and, and, and teaching us and, and empowering us to kind of learn a skill and then kind of run with it. So just super grateful. Well, Waters, we're starting off with aliens in Mexico this morning, so I hope you're ready for a great episode. Before we talk about all that, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here, as always. It's always a learning experience, so I want to say thank you again for making time for us. How you feeling, and thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm feeling amazing. It's really great to be back with you guys for like our hundredth time reconnecting, so I'm grateful as always. And I'll definitely say this, I am, I am not a self-proclaimed spiritual leader. <laughs> I would never I would never make those statements. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm here helping everyone remember what they've always known. You know, it's all about resonation. So I think that's that's what I do. I try to keep it calm and just share my truth. And try to remember that, you know, we're all here together. We're all here to collaborate. And that's really the essence of what my work is about. So, yeah, man, I'm doing amazing and I'm excited to get connected with you guys and get weird today. 
This is going to be an exciting episode. And I did not mean self-proclaimed. I meant I am calling him a spiritual leader. But we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. Go smash that follow button for updates throughout the day. When we look at some of the daily movers this morning, it is green bubbles across the board, up about 4% on the day overall for the market. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.03 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26200 Ethereum, 1600 XRP is $0.48. Cents, and Cardano is sitting at $0.25. Cents. And guys, we already got 321 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and waters. I think the topic that's on everyone's mind this morning is we are finally in September. It is September of 2023. And that means one thing to me and one thing only. Jubilee is over on the 18th. So maybe you can elaborate on what that can mean for the markets. You've been talking about this for about 12, 18 months, I believe. What are you anticipating over the next week or so? Yeah, it's been something that I've definitely covered a lot on your show as well. But those that are new here, um, we're talking about the Hebrew calendar and the time frame of Rosh Hashanah, which is the new moon. And that is pretty much between the 15th or 17th. And that is a time frame where we'll be transitioning into the new Hebrew year. And the significance of this one out of all the other ones, a little bit of a recap again for those that are newer here. We have these seven-year cycles practiced in Judaism. These seven-year cycles are called the Shemitah. You can go look this up on your own. And what happens is there's super cycles. So seven cycles of seven Shemitah is 49 years. And then on the 50th year, you practice what's called biblical jubilee. So again, anyone can look this up, biblical jubilee, and the concept and the timing around it and the calendrical system that it's all backed by. So needless to say, we I believe that we are, without a shadow of a doubt, in the jubilee year. And it's pretty evident to me when you look at the buyback off of that correction that we had in the end of 2022. So if anyone pulls up any indice chart, whether that be the NASDAQ, you know, S&P, uh, Dow Jones, you're going to see that we topped out in January 2022. And then we had a correction all the way until the end of September of 2022. We bottomed out perfectly into Rosh Hashanah of 2022, which that was the end of the Shemitah. Then we rebounded off of it. And we're still currently in this relief rally that has yet to really turn around. I mean, off of the last week or so, we're still holding up pretty nicely at these levels. So a Jubilee, in essence, it is a positive time frame, actually. But it's only positive in the things that are controlled by the people who are running this show, who are running this world, whatever terminology you want to tie to them. So this is a very critical time frame because people are getting very bullish based off of looking at the charts. But anyone who studies what's going on in the background can clearly see there's some problems in the foundation. It's literally crumbling beneath our feet. And if it wasn't for all this funny money that was printed in 2020 into 2021, uh, we wouldn't have this type of speculation that we're seeing today in these markets. We also probably wouldn't have got such a parabolic bull run that we got in 2021 after a crisis ensued. So this is just really interesting that we're here and we're watching this market behave this way into this exact time frame. And then we have Rosh Hashanah coming up at the end of this week. And then following next week, we have on the 20th, Powell will speak at uh, the Federal Reserve's FOMC. I believe that'll probably be when the world stage hears about the truth of what they're going to do next. And then we'll probably start to see a little bit of a reversal kicking into as early as this weekly close, um, but more likely next week. 
And I could go way deeper into the decoding, but I'll save time. And everyone just watch my last video that I put out on my YouTube channel. It'll fill you in on all of the information about this. And um, besides that, what I'm anticipating is a little bit of what I just said, which is a correction into the end of this month, into early October. And this has everything to do with the solar eclipse that'll be coming up on October 14th. Now, again, these are like taking in extra layers of esoterica and trying to combine it with the charts to get some more holistic understanding, as I like to say, of what's going on in these markets. And if we look at the historic data of pre-election years and election years, and this whole time frame between September through the end of this year into Q1 of an election year, it actually shows us a story that is like stage by stage, phase by phase, what I've been telling everyone for the longest time, which is that any correction you get should be bought back very quickly. It will be a black swan event. It will be something that just quickly liquidates everyone or gets people to panic sell because of fear. But then the same people that prop this market up are going to send it down and then they're going to buy that bottom, right? This is all manipulation. The same thing happened if people go back in the charts and they want to see what I per uh, personally see happening next. It's just like the C19 crash. It'll be more like a V-shaped recovery and it will be um, an opportunity, what we're going to get next. So anyone who doesn't have the stomach to deal with a crash, well, this is the best time to be involved in a market. This is the best time to be paying attention. And it's the best time to have limit orders set if you're somebody that's looking to take advantage of uh, any discounted assets. Waters, I think what a lot of people are anticipating for 2024 is the adoption of digital assets by big firms like BlackRock, JP Morgan, and so on. And what we've seen over the last couple of months is a plethora of spot Bitcoin ETF applications come into the market. So I'd like to correspond what you're seeing on the price charts to the narratives that are forming today. And as I pull up this price chart right here, this is Bitcoin after the C19 crisis. What happened? Bitcoin went from about $10,000 to $4,500. And this happened over a couple of weeks here. But as you can tell, it was a quick rebuy, just like you were describing. And from that point forward, it was bull market territory, taking us from $4,500 all the way up to $69,000 over the next 24 months. So when you're talking about a black swan event corresponding with, with institutions getting excited about buying assets like Bitcoin, what are you anticipating? Are you anticipating some sort of a, and this is a conspiracy talk, we'll call this conspiracy, conspiracy Wednesday here, you talked about it being an election year. Are you anticipating another crisis? We've talked about power grids and cyber attacks. What are you talking about when you describe a black swan? So for me, I think we have a lot to consider here. And one of them is that the current president, if you'd like him to call him that, uh, is like barely alive, right? So I think that that could be one of the things to consider. Like his clone is slowly degradating day by day. So once that, uh, you know, is taken into consideration, and I'm not a politics guy, I don't spend any of my prana on this on this stuff. Uh, it just doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve my people. Needless to say, I think that it's quite important for us to realize that this exoteric stuff, this stuff that happens on the world stage, whatever's going on that the masses hear about and are aware of, that's trigger events for them to do what they've been planning to do with markets, right? This is pretty obvious. So what I would like to entertain is that there could be something tied to Biden. Now, there's another thing that's tied to Biden, which is Trump, right? They're like, it's like his adversary, you know, like you don't have the good without the bad. You don't have the bad without the good. You don't have love without evil. Everything is working in duality for the masses. And 
we as conscious beings, more, you know, aware beings, we realize that the duality is more than just as it seems on the surface. Like the yin yang symbol, I think, teaches us this, how it's a the black within the white and the white within the black. And this is showing us that there's depth, you know, there's a deeper perspective here. So I think that there's that side of things, the political side of things, given that it's an election year and the fact that we have a tumultuous sort of uh, landscape between conservative, liberal, and just everyone's feelings on what's going on right now. I don't think the people are ready to have a brand new system. So I don't entertain that we're going to like move into some draconian one world order with a world court that runs there. Like I'm not, I don't think we're heading there that soon. I also don't think that the United States or any of, I'll be careful here. I think that the United States is also not ready to have a digital at like a CBDC. I don't think we're ready for that yet either. I think it would cause too much um, civil unrest. So there's a there's so many things to go about here. But but for me, I think that they started a narrative on the V, on this whole concept of maybe going back into another uh, you know pandemic, whatever you want to get creative with. You know, I got to be coded here. So I think that there's an opportunity for for that to be a distraction, and it already is to have us look there so we're not looking over there. So for me, I really don't feel like we're going to go back into lockdowns again. I feel that they need to do something completely opposite. And I've shared on my uh, channel several times that they are ritualizing the weather right now. That's pretty obvious. Like we are having so much horrible stuff going on in weather. And that's another way of kind of like hurting you and getting you down when you like, you know, you're already beaten. Why not beat you up a little bit more so that they could push you in the direction that they need to. And I feel if they're going to do something like a black swan that we've never seen before, it's probably a staged alien invasion. And I know that sounds wacky. And anyone who follows me, you know, I'm calm. I'm not like here to be like pushing, you know, fear porn. That's just not me. Like, I don't act like that. So when I'm saying these things, again, it's not to like hurt your feelings or to make you think of a conspiracy, none of that. Like I'm just practicing my discernment and anyone who follows my work for any length of time, you know that we were predicting when the C-19 era would be over and we nailed it years in advance. So now I feel like we need to move on to a new thing. And if that if it's just we're in the perfect place for this right now, for them to pull off something like that. And it won't be actual aliens, by the way. It'll be some sort of holographic technology. It'll be something to do with maybe mainstream media. Another thing they could do, and this is really intense. So you got to pay attention to what I'm saying now, and then I'll, I'll wrap this up. They can shut off all of our computers, all of our phone, all of that shit, and just run like a per public service announcement. Just cut off all of your access to all of what you usually can do with your cell phones or with your computers. And they could just make it black, blacked out and have it be every time you open your computer for like maybe a full 24 hours. It just shows you a message from whomever, you know, FEMA, the United Nations. I don't know. But that's something that's very plausible. And all they need to do to, to corrupt, you know, us is to manipulate our minds. And the number one way to do this is to do it through social media, to do it through electronics and technology. We don't even need to look up and see a fucking UFO. If they just tell us on a fucking, you know, a tweet, we'll believe it. That's what we're working with here with the state of consciousness of man. You don't really need to have anything real occur. You can just purely say it just like what happened with C-19.
And so I'm going to, I guess, have to filter myself a little bit here. But do you think it's an attack on religious beliefs that they're now promoting, I guess, something other than human beings being here? I do want to ask you that question. I know it's a touchy subject, but with the lack of religion happening in the United States in particular, I feel like when I was growing up in America during the early 2000s, there was a lot of Catholics, a lot of pride in religion. Now that we've seen the, the disintegration of religion and religious beliefs in America, it does seem like the time to run Project Bluebeam, right? The programming is set. So let me ask you, is it an attack on religion, the fact that they're bringing in aliens? Yeah, I think that's actually one of the big pieces behind religion is if you look at the origin stories of all of these so-called Abrahamic religions, you're going to hear about a time where a heavily advanced peoples came from out, quote unquote, like another realm, you know, like in in Genesis, they talk about beings that came from chariots in the sky, chariots of fire, and they landed here and they were basically mixing with the humanoids with the I don't even want to call them homo sapien because it's all nonsense. But the point here is that they talk about a, a highly advanced race. They had scales and lizard like features. They had tails and they were huge. They were much, much taller than us. And also people could go into the book of Enoch and they could read a little bit about that. That's very fascinating. Um, one of the few books that I've taken a little bit of time to get deep into, I don't, I'm not a huge reader, but it's fascinating. It's super fascinating to see that it's a, it's a common theme amongst everything, whether it be you getting into the Quran, whether it's the Torah, um, you, you know, and, and it gets really, really exposed when you get into mysticism when you start getting into like Kabbalah. So I don't want to go too, too many, um, you know, in too many different areas right now, but needless to say that there's a common theme amongst the creation stories of our race, if you will, and how we learn to do the things we do, for instance, building architecture, you know, whatever you want to say. And, and that there's plenty of exoteric things such as the building of the pyramids or a lot of these buildings that surround us that we have no idea you know, we have no idea how they're made and we can't create these places today. We we cannot just like the water step wells that are in some places in Southeast Asia are mind blowing. I recommend everyone look into them. So here's the thing. We already have been bombarded and programmed through Hollywood about aliens. You know, I mean, you name it every year. They're just getting more and more releases of the same concept. I was talking about this recently in a live stream, how if you pay attention to the releases of movies in the past like three to four years, it's been alien invasion movies and it's been post-apocalyptic movies or it's been stuff, TV series, TV series is uh, drama, you know, stuff that's maybe on these platforms such as HBO, like it's one of their originals, Netflix originals. And it's only talking to you about a time where human us, where humans are like enslaved by some super draconian concept, you know, like and this is the common themes that I'm seeing in all of the movies. So it's like they're preparing us for a time. Like, have, have you guys watched Handmaid's Tale? No. OK, this is like insane. That show you need to see this. But I don't want to talk about it too much because it would take too much time. But, but the way that this show starts out is that the women go to use their credit cards and it doesn't work. They're, the women can't use their credit cards. So we want to talk about an attack on religion, bro. There's an attack on there's an attack on so many things right now. This is why they're pushing this gender identity stuff because they want to blur the line so much that you're so confused. You don't even know what's going on anymore. You know, the, the basics of the polarities have been are, are now like, you're considered intelligent if you know about polarities. 
that's hilarious to me. Like, this is basic shit. We know that it takes a man and a woman to create. Like, this isn't fucking rocket science here. So they make it so damn confusing for you for decades. And uh, if you study Yuri Bezmenov, he talks about this demoralization phase that's been implemented with the KGB and with the CIA. So we've already been through demoralization. We're done. Now we're on a process of they're getting us ready for an event, something that really shapes our our world for a new time and if we consider the media narrative and simultaneously what hollywood is showing us all roads point to the same thing it's something to do with aliens artificial intelligence and some sort of post-apocalyptic outcome from that i don't believe that we're going to have the ai thing that they tell us to be scared of i think we will use the ai in a way where we become so self-useless and so lacking in purpose on an individual level that that we will be personally feeling you know void of life we will essentially be the operating human behind the ai that's how it will be um so this is um this is pretty important. Also, somebody just made a comment that black swans can't be predicted. I mean, they absolutely can. C-19 was exactly 222 months after 9-11. 9-11 happened on a Shemitah year. The dot-com bubble happened on a Shemitah year. The 1987 Black Monday happened on a Shemitah year. The Great Depression started on a Shemitah year. We see that what happened with 2008 housing crisis was a Shemitah year. We could absolutely predict every single event based on this. We see that leading into C-19, the Shemitah year, we had a category, you know, one of the worst draconian lockdowns in history. So who believes that you cannot predict or determine black swans? It's just because you lack the eye to see. So what I always say, and I'll, I'll finish this up, is speak curiously instead of making statements like that. That way you could learn. And here's what's really interesting, uh, Waters, is that you talked about the programming through movies, right? But I think there's a whole different type of programming going on today, and they're able to use influential figures like this to promote and subconsciously program people the same way that movies have done in the past. And guys, we have 618 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I want to ask the live chat this question. Put a one in the live chat if you believe in aliens. Put a two in the live chat if you do not believe in aliens. But this is Jordan Peterson Basically elaborating what Waters just broke down, digital IDs in 15-minute cities should be everyone's biggest concern. Here, I think, too, although maybe people will fight it. If a traffic camera catches you jaywalking in China, digital ID system has you, has your blood now, has your genetic code, has your photograph. It can identify how you walk, so even if you can't see a face, you can be picked up by gate. It will convict you of jaywalking and take money out of your bank account with no intermediating judiciary at all, and show a picture of you to the people in the neighborhood so they know that you have jaywalked, and reduce your social credit score. And if your social credit score falls below a certain level, then you can't, you can't buy drinks from a vending machine. You can't play video games. You can't go on a train. You can't get out of your 15-minute city. All that. So does that sound like it's for the betterment of humanity, guys, or does that sound like fear-mongering to you? And I want to ask Waters this important question. When we talk about the integration of digital IDs, we're seeing a segregated viewpoint, whether it's in the United States or China. But what is really concerning to me is that there seems to be a global narrative to press towards AI, digital IDs, digital money. And for our community, that's great. We're already invested in these things. And we like to talk about profit. Everyone's excited about making a little bit of money, but this is a much more important conversation. You can lose your right to freedom.
the minute they connect your ID to your finances. And that's what I think we're on the precipice of. So let me ask you, is it more fear mongering or are we actually on the precipice of something like Jordan was just describing? Well, I think the event that will occur will make people feel so scared of a so-called outside invader, you know, some sort of outside force. And the only way to quote unquote be safe would be to listen to your leadership, which was the same thing that happened with C-19. And it was also the same thing that happened with Spanish flu. So if anyone thinks that C-19 is some novel new experience, no, it's not. They literally, there's pictures of Canada in 1918, 1919, showing you uh, people protesting the same stuff that we were protesting to this day. It's just on repeat. It's cyclical. That's what makes my work, I guess, kind of part of a deeper, um, you know, revealing, if you will, of how to decode and how to so, so-called predict the future, even though I don't like calling it that, is that time works like a ripple effect. Everything works as if it's a ripple effect. This is important to realize. So needless to say, you're asking me about my my feelings on what's to come. I don't think it's going to happen as soon as people might think. But I know that the way to move you into it is to put disorder and chaos into the public life. So that way you essentially hand over your freedom because you do it in the in the essence of safety and feeling. And, and you guys got to remember. There's many different forms of safety that exist. There's your health, but then there's also your financials. So I've told many, many people, and this, this is a spicy conversation, but hear me out. When we have some sort of fake whatever event that comes up next, because we know it'll be completely scripted and ritualized, well, it will be tied to finances, and it could perhaps be tied to some sort of social credit idea, and it will be given to you, and get ready for this, I know many people know about Nasara Jasara. well, guess what, Nasara Jasara will be something called the World Debt Reset Program, and this will be the complete antithesis of freedom and the relieving of debt. It will be essentially, you are somebody that's been imprisoned, or you're somebody that has $100,000 in debt in, this, in, in student loans, or whatever it is, you know? Wherever your debts are, they will use that to squeeze you into the new system. So they're going to so-called, quote unquote, relieve you of your debts. But what the trade-off is, is now you have a score that's tied to you. And this will be the, the way that they push social credit in this part of the world. Um, now, as for you know places like Australia or maybe Canada, they can implement a social score system overnight if they wanted to. They have the climate of mindset and the type of and, and also they're unarmed. And I know that's a dicey thing to bring up, but it's just facts. Like you're not getting away with the style of lockdown you did in Melbourne, Australia, the same way you did it in Chicago. It just ain't happening. Like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> overnight you would have a militia forming. So if you woke up tomorrow and you saw that your bank account looked any different than it does today. Get ready for like the craziest hostility you've ever seen in the world, starting in the United States. But in a place like Australia, and no offense to Australia, Australia is my third biggest community. Like, I love you guys, man. But like, you got to agree with what I'm saying right now. Like, you have no protection. Your government does. Your military, you have no way of, and I don't even own a, I don't have any of this stuff. I, I'm like a, I'm like Han Solo, bro. I'm not worried about shit. Like, I've set up my life in a way where like, I'm not worried about death. I know I'm protected. Like, it's all good. Right. That's just my way, though. That's my way. 
like I'm very fearless in this matrix. So, but for people that have children and houses and land and all of this stuff that has so much meaning to them, which I don't fault you for, like, it's, it's just, that's your life. That's the path you took. Like, that's going to be something you got to be, you got to be cautious of, you know, like if you're in these places like Canada, Australia, England, where they could quickly just overturn unless the people do something about it. And I think the easiest thing that people could do is change their beliefs. People believe in the monetary system. They believe in taxation. They believe in the concept of a social security number and a tax identification code. They believe in retirement money. In Australia, they believe in superannuation. I lived there for a year, so I know what's up. Like they believe in this stuff. They believe in this social kind of liberal like order that has been implanted underneath them. And when you remove your belief completely and you become self-reliant and you start to work with your fellow man, you actually collaborate with your own people instead of collaborate. Like, look at the world we have. We've been kind of brainwashed into thinking that we should compete against each other (laughs) to pay taxes in a system that prints money. Like, wake up, people. Like, you see what I'm saying here? Like, if we all, like, if just a tiny little community, like if the Bronx in New York just decided, like, we're not playing this game anymore. Right there, they could influence every other borough around them. And then that would be the end game. Like, all you need is about, like, 2% of the population to change their belief system. And you will have all of this system start to crumble. I've talked about this many times. Like, if you go into the statistics of how many people are military, law enforcement in any capacity, lawyers, judges, you take people that are nurses that work for military, like, you take all those numbers and you lay it out. Oh, also, you take all the bankers, you take all the people that are like CEOs of whatever, you take all the billionaires, you combine all these people, and still, it's not even like 3% of the world's population. So if you're worried about some enforcer of, 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 you know, dominance against you, it's not power that's dominating against you. It's not force. It's your mind. They have you in a prison of your mind. And you think that you're doing better when you're doing better than your neighbor. And that's bullshit. Like a real man knows that he becomes better when his people become better. And no one is operating like this anymore. So... Study the mafia and you'll see a real organization that actually protected its people. People think the mafia is bad. You go back and look at a time in New York City when the mafia was running that shit and every single person said that we felt safer. We, we saw less crime in our streets. We had less problems. But then once that all ended and police moved in, it became militarization of the police. That was the end. And then they moved drugs in. They moved all of this. The mafia was anti-drugs. So, like, it's pretty hilarious. Like, when you study this stuff, you see that we could actually organize against this draconian, you know, insanity. But people need to change their mindset. They need to change their beliefs. So it starts in the household. We're all separated in the house already. This is done systematically by Zionism, basically getting the mother to be a single mother. Father's out working all day. The father doesn't give a shit about his own family. Like, it's not his fault, even. It's just the way the system is set up. So we could talk about so many things right now. Like this is stuff that I study and this is a big part of my, you know, this is a big part of my work is looking at the machinations of how we got here. And uh, I think that's, that's really the thing that we need to, we need to look, look at, look deeper into and focus on. Well, something that's really interesting that I think is happening right now is the exposure of the corruption in America is taking place. I am 25 years old, have no experience in politics, but what I figured out after the last three years going through the C-19 crisis and going through the infinite printing and the banning of cryptocurrencies, everything we've experienced over the last 12 to 24 months, it's shown me two things. 
One, and I don't want to, I got to filter myself here, guys. I do not want to get in trouble with YouTube. One, there is only two countries on the planet that can advertise pharmaceuticals. That is America and New Zealand. And those two countries get 75% of their advertising funding from pharmaceuticals. That tells me that the in America is anything but a monopoly. It is strictly controlled by just a couple of things. The second thing that I notice is a political system is just a game being played for the everyday person. Anybody who starts to study the political system quickly realizes there's much more gains than authenticity going on here. And I think that if I'm waking up to that, there are many people who are on the same frequency, the same level of intelligence that are also waking up to that. And Putin even gave us say, I'm an American, America. This is what Putin said himself, that the indictments and the Joe Biden presidency today exposes the politics of America for being none other than a corrupt system built to keep people enslaved. That Putin's words, not good morning, crypto guys. But we got 32 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And before we move on to any other topic, Waters, I gotta ask you, if people like working up to these concepts, do you think massive amounts of Americans are now waking up to the fact that pharmaceuticals control advertising and the political system is nothing but a game? We are waking up to it, but it's not about what you learn. It's about what you apply that you learned. Like, this is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Like, yeah, we have more knowledge, but don't mistake your awakening for being able to mine more knowledge. Like, this is my this is my number one way of smacking people down who, who just talk data to me and they, they spit all this knowledge. Like, the difference between spit and knowledge and spit and game is game is experienced. It's about taking that knowledge and applying it in the real world. And like we lack this. So we have so many people that know about all this stuff, but they go back to the same life that they've been perpetuating every single day of their life moving forward. Like it's about the people that learn about this and then they start to change their like JV is, I think, the greatest example of it for your community. Like that's a real man. Like I, you know, look at look at what he's about. That's why I respect him. That's why I continue to talk with him. And you guys know, like I say no to ninety nine percent of people. Like I'm not about this. Like just getting on big channels and talking about whatever to get views. Like I don't give a fuck. So like I I, I communicate with JV because he's real, and and that that to me is like that that's where our souls are operating at. It's way bigger than the material. So when you take action off of what you've learned. That's what makes you real. Um, I don't believe the state of consciousness has really shifted too much. And if we're going to believe that people having knowledge is helping, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. I don't care how many books you've read. That doesn't make you a a real person. It just makes you a guy who read books. (laughs) Like, you feel me? Like, I don't really care anymore about people talking all this knowledge. I want to see action. I want to see change. And I want to see risk. Like, uh, this is the thing that I think is missing. Like, an entrepreneur risks. They wake up every day feeling that if they were to go to work, that they would feel enslaved. Like, they feel like a slave even in the workplace. Like, and and that's pretty interesting to me. How, like, every day they're trying to break free of, of this. And... I think that what we're dealing with right now is an immense amount of knowledge and data because we live in an era of information. We have these little computers inside of our pockets all day. We have all this access. You know what I'm saying? We could we could just get all the information in the world in a t- couple taps on the touch screen, but that doesn't change your life. It doesn't change your life. 
I go into this very um, deep in my last course that I put out, the Expansion Mastermind, about how to actually access or unlock utility in what it is that you're learning. Because until then, you're just in the trap of consuming. See, having lots of knowledge is a consumerist. It's a consumerist behavior, okay? It's not, it's, it's not a producer. It's not when you could when you have more knowledge, you've consumed it. Okay. This is not production. If you want to change your life, it's about production. That's it. So this is what the world is kind of built into today. It's about having the 99% not be poor. It's not about having you poor guys. They don't even need to tax you. They print money. What they want you to be is a consumer. That's all. They want you to be a consumer. Now, you can be a consumer and have all of this knowledge. You could go on a Waters Above live stream or listen to you guys, JV, and you could know everything we're saying, but still have a completely different life, correct? Now, this is also to say that you could have a lot of money. You could have a ton of, uh, you know, you could have a Lambo. You could have the nice million-dollar house, et cetera, and you could be dead in the soul. You can be depressed and have anxiety and just hate your existence. So you don't get it twisted. It's about balance, okay? It's about balance. So there's many people that break out of the workplace and become self-employed and then invest and have businesses or they invest in businesses. They get all this money and then they hate their, their life. So what we're talking about here is how to move into that next phase and actually have harmony and peace and understanding and a real like a, applicable uh actionable strategy and methodology so that whatever comes into your reality tunnel, whether that's something in your family or that's something on the world stage, such as a pandemic or something even like a market crash, you are the type of person who's not sitting there reacting to it on Twitter. You're actually responding to it. You're doing something about it. And that is the difference. Waters, let me elaborate on what you broke down a little bit. You said they want people to be a consumer. When I hear consumer, I think of materialism. And we're talking about the Bible, so let's go back to it. Who controls the material world? I think that is pretty self-explanatory, guys. And I think that's the whole reason they want you focused on the material. That is the least real thing you could be putting your energy into. And Waters, I'm not the guy to elaborate on this. I'm going through my biblical studies myself. I'm still really learning a lot about a lot of this information, but I've been studying it for about two years. And one of the first things I came to while reading the Bible is that the material world is the least, is the least real of all the realities, your spirituality, what you believe in, what your God is, is what creates your perceptions, which what creates your reality. If you're always thinking that you need a new car, a new bag, a new house, something outside of yourself, that's going to bring you happiness you're always going to end up with that lacking feeling. And I can actually use a personal example. When I was working a nine to five, one of the first things I thought would make me happy was making a lot of money. And in my head, it was somewhere in that uh, five to six figure range. If I could attain 50 to $100,000 in, in cash flow, that would make me feel better about my life. What happened? We went into 2020 and everybody was making crazy amounts of wealth in the markets. I was one of the people who just got lucky, had money in the market, made a, made a good amount of money. The first thing I realized, and this is so cliche, is that I felt very hollow, very fake. I felt exactly the same. I'm still 22 years old, living with my parents, same exact situation like you described, but I have that material backing. And what did it do? It sent me into a state of, of spiritual, I guess, understanding, trying to find myself. I was very That's sad. Right. I was very That's sad. Right. So I just your, your, higher, your higher self will smack you down when you get off your path. 
like you think that you're on your path because you're making more money or you have more like women in your life or you have more this or you have more that like higher self will smack you down when needed like when you think of angels and demons i'm just letting you know that they're the same okay they work they both work for you all right they both work for you they will get you to be situated exactly back on the path that you need to be and sometimes when you're driving like, it's funny. I had to go to the airport yesterday. I wasn't going to share this, but I feel like it's necessary. I was on my way to the airport yesterday and my my Uber driver got a flat tire. It's the first time it ever happened to me, like on my way to a flight. And the dude was freaking out because he thought that I would be like mad at him. And he thought I was going to be like fr- freaking out at him. And I was just super chill. Like, I was like, bro, it's all like, this is a sign. Like we needed to, I need, we needed this to happen. I know with the car thing, like that sucks for him, but I, I was looking at it like, oh, this is probably the car accident that needed to happen today. You know, like if I didn't experience this, who knows what's ahead of me? Who knows what's like 10 minutes up from here could have been a deadly car crash. You know, so so I'm like, I always respond to those sorts of things. And and I've had the same thing, brother, what you just said, Abs, like with three businesses that failed at the C-19 crisis, like on that time frame, all three, like just completely to zero. And they were success. They were running for me and they were operating. I was putting so much energy into that. And I, I just did what I had to do. Like you respond, you take everything that's going on and you just repackage it. You take all the skills that you've acquired in the process and then you reapply and you remember about the failures and the problems that you had in the last situation. And you, you, again, you create a system that is built on a, on a more solid foundation because you have better skills and you have more awareness and more experiences. So there's a there's so much to talk about in like the the spiritualism of of true abundance and how to deal with lack and how to look at life from from these perspectives and the one thing I'll say about materialism that I want people to to resonate with for a moment is that there's nothing wrong with this material realm you are having you're a spiritual being having a material experience because you decided to have the feeling state of pleasure and pain or suffering which are both critical because if I just gave you everything you ever wanted right now and you had no pain or no suffering, you'd lack contrast and you would quickly get used to this life and you would want almost a problem to have something to stimulate you. And this is the beauty of like pain and pleasure is it works as that spectrum. So this is the purpose of the duality in religion. You need to have a devil and God. You need to have like a Jesus and a Lucifer. You need to have all of that. You know, it's important because if you never have this adversary, if you never have this agent Smith, you're never going to realize that you're Neo. So I want people to realize that the material realm is a beautiful experience. It has so much beauty. And a lot of the times we get kind of distracted. And I tell people like, you think your life is suffering and pain and all of this, but that's a choice that we make. Just the same way we choose to be, uh, you know, either working on our laptops or scrolling on our laptops, looking at TikTok or, or Insta- whatever. So it's all choices. And it's it's funny to me that the people that really thrive in this world, they don't go fully against the concept. They actually embrace the concept. And I only bring this up because a lot of spiritual people like hate this place. They're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be energy again or whatever like it's like they hate this physical realm because they think that it has so much darkness and so much like and i'm like no that darkness is here as a teacher and there's so much beauty that surrounds you you just don't want to realize it because you've been programmed into only realizing the problems great people reprogram themselves to see the solutions 
fascinating waters and this is a crypto channel but we cover it all this morning and guys we got 751 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and as much as we're talking about spirituality we are tying this conversation into aliens right now and waters we are yet to even touch any of our topics so this has been such an exciting episode and a learning experience here's a video that's that's circulating the masses right now as mexico unveiled what they're calling thousand year old alien remains these this is the mexican government presenting this in a court and they are showing this to the general public. So I really want to get Waters thoughts on this. I haven't checked the audio, so here's about 30 seconds and we'll go to the group. Evolución terrestre y que después de desaparecer no hay una evolución posterior. So Waters, I feel like it would be more valuable to just let this clip play while we discuss it. We've talked about a black swan. We talked about a common enemy bringing in aliens so that we can all work together and use a digital ID system incorporated with AI. Well, here we have it right now. Mexico is unboxing aliens. And guys, I got to pause this. Is that E.T. himself? My question That's is, e. is that E.T.? That's E.T. right there. <laughs> There's a lot that we can discuss. The movie remains. There's a lot we can discuss when it comes to the that's unboxing. A, that's a that's a casted plaster mold. So just elaborate. I, I really <laughs> just want to hear your thoughts. Please tell us what is going on here, guys. I'm going to state it right now. I don't believe the narrative. I don't believe the BS. I'm looking at a clay figure with a little ET face on it. That's not enough evidence for me to say there's aliens in this universe. But Waters, let's connect this to the bigger picture. Is this all part of the global psyop that's taking place? Yeah, this to me, like where I come from, this is called a flex. This is called like we're showing you how how fake this all is. Like here you go. If you believed in this, like here you go. This is the example. This is be- this is hilarious to me. But yeah, this is this is a funny agenda. It's a very I mean, funny and interesting. It's an interesting one. And when we talk spirit, and I know we don't want to go that like too too focused on that, but there is a side to this. Okay, like the the really spiritual people are believing that we come from different like star like you know they call them like star seeds and they come from like different galaxies and they're like i came from this galaxy like i'm a palladian or whatever and i'm like wow like the mind of man is so amazing how it could just think of whatever with our imagination you know if you study neville goddard i think you'd have a great um utility around the mind and imagination but if you start studying all of this like quasi new age spiritualism you know jargon you're going to get so lost in the sauce that you're going to really start to believe that you're from some other galaxy and and whatever and like again it's just another trap to distract you from enjoying this place from being able to deal with this place from being able to actually conquer this experience here in the matrix so this does tie back into the alien thing because if you believe in outer space if you believe that there's aliens if you believe in ufos and these crafts and all this stuff from other galaxies then it makes you feel personally insignificant right this has always been the thing when they tell you that earth is just a little speck of nothing of sand in this infinite you know galaxy what does it do for a lot of people, it just makes you like go YOLO. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like whatever then. Like it, it reduces you. It makes you feel like this place is like nothing. Like you are nothing. And that's a really important, you know, thing to realize because maybe not for this group that's listening right now, but for the majority, for the masses, you know, this is kind of what they're dealing with. And that's why a lot of them are scared of this uh, outside invader idea. And when you have Hollywood on their side, just making every movie showing you the same thing, that these things would come kill us, 
And that's been going on for what, 30, 40, 50 plus years of every year. There's a new big important movie that comes out showing aliens coming to Earth that are just taking over and enslaving you. Well, it's predictive programming. So this Mexican government revealing moment, you know, it's just to me, it's the best flex. It's the best way of being like, look at look at this. This is what you guys have been pro pro programmed to be scared of. It's like a little shit in a box. It's amazing. I love it. Gosh, I got stuck on the other page, but Waters, you couldn't have described it more accurately. It honestly, it, it looks, looks like, like it's chiseled at a rock. It looks like if you leave a dog turd in the yard overnight and it comes yeah, exactly. out that color, that's pretty much what it reminds me of. And guys, if they want you to be fearful of something like this, the way they're going to describe it is its intelligence is out of this world. This this creature was brilliant. So I'm sure that's the first narrative they're going to put out about these little green, whatever you'd like. I almost called them aliens. I don't even know what this is. A clay sculpture, I guess you would say. Johnny and Gonzo, it's been a little while. I do want to get your comments on the aliens before we jump into some more serious topics. This this is real. This And I want you to address this seriously. Imagine you are sitting in a room with a U.S. official that pulls this out and says, Johnny Crypto, we found the first alien. Here it is. What's your reaction? Well, my reaction was the same as John. I'm just waiting for it to phone home. I ain't going to lie. It's the first thing I thought when I saw it. It definitely looks extremely, you know, very, very much like an E.T. type figure. You know, at the end of the day, Abs, you know, I don't even know. I mean, anything I say is going to get us banned. So I'm just going to reserve my comments on this one. Um People are going to believe what they want to believe. That's that's the bottom line. The, the, you know, I always say it all the time. If CNN came out and said the sky was orange, then a few people tomorrow would tell you the sky is orange. So people are going to believe what they want, and and that's just unfortunate. You 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 go off of what how you were born and raised and what you believe in. And to me, I turn the news off. I don't pay attention to things like this. I just worry about my life and what I can control, what's in my control, not what's not in my control. So I, I don't get too hung up on stories like this. I really don't, because I know at the end of the day that this is the world. When you understand this is what you're watching, then it kind of, it changes the perspective of everything that you hear and see. And so if you use that filter, you just look at it as another storyline. That's facts. That's facts. It's definitely WWE. It's like Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan. Like that's what you're gonna do, brother. the 24 inch pythons, right? Come yeah, on, bro. Go. some thoughts on this really quick before we before we move on. Let's pretend this thing is real. Are you? <laughs> Dude, I, it's all a distraction. I don't. This is why I don't watch the news. Um, I'd rather comment on like what we were talking about before. As far as like, you know, making sure that you're activating yourself and that you're making good decisions, but also like that whole victim mentality, right? That things um, don't happen to you, they happen for you. And it's just changing your whole mindset and just being appreciative. When bad things happen, those are learning lessons. And if you look at the span of your life, I would venture to say that at the worst times in your life is when you learn the best lessons and you grew, right? If everything is handed to you, and you don't have to struggle at all, then you don't learn anything. And then when a crisis happens, you crumble. And that's when you see people that have been through some shit in their life are usually very strong people and they're able to handle things. Um, but yeah, to me, dude, it, it, it's all just a, a, a distraction. Like I, I don't even watch the news anymore. I stopped watching the news uh, a few years ago and it's all about being present. Like I'd rather be present with my granddaughter and with my daughter than, than watching any kind of news story or, or what have you. Guys, I want to ask you, I'm going to ask the panelists up here, do you want to change this to a crypto conversation or we can continue with the spirituality? Johnny, you tell me. 
Let's get into some crypto, man. <laughs> we not enough waters, but we're going to circle back. We to need to have an exit plan. Putin had an exit plan. We got to have an exit plan from the aliens. <laughs> Let's get over, get, get over to crypto. Let's talk about it. It is funny. Every time Waters is on the show, Putin finds a way into the conversation. Putin guys. always finds a way into this thing. And this bro. is the perfect time to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Well, Johnny Crypto, if that's not the perfect segue into a crypto conversation, I don't know what is. But we want to remind our listeners, 30 days absolutely free to check out our application. And I would assume if that if that uh, alien is intelligent, he definitely has an exit plan. So, Waters, one of the things that we've been showing throughout the week, what XRP's price chart did back in 2017. And I'm going to play this video with no audio just while we have this discussion because many of our listeners... They are here for the crypto information, guys. So we drew you in with the spirituality. We'll keep you here with the crypto conversation. And when we look at the XRP price chart, we saw something historic in the past. A 200, or sorry, it was a 70,000% gain in 240 days. You said it yourself. History doesn't repeat. If we were going to do something very similar, it would take us to about $25. But I'd like for you to describe what do you see when you're looking at XRP in particular? This is one of our community's favorite tokens. Well, in regards to the short term on XRP, which I feel I'm in a weird place with XRP because everyone doesn't really know what I'm about. You know, most of the analysts or the people that cover this project are like gung ho, like 100%. That's like really all they give their prana to. And me, I'm a decoder. I'm an investor. So I think that the way that I look at this particular project and why it's served me so well being in this uh, asset is because I've traded it. Um, and I've ha I really don't have an investment like, you know, plan for it per se that I think is what most people believe in. And that's what's made a lot of people just sitting on the sidelines for so long and they haven't taken action on this particular coin. So I have a investment thesis designed for XRP that is very, very specific to XRP. And I needed to utilize this because when you look at the past data in the chart, it actually, you can see the way it moves. It has a cyclicality to it that is uncanny. And when you're looking at it like that in a linear chart, it's very confusing. But if you were to blow it up into like a logarithmic chart, you'd actually see that it's a little bit easier to see what's going on here. How it has these like what I call crown top distributions that happen over and over again. They have about like 140 days in between. They last about 40 to 60 days every time. They have little peaks and valleys on very predictable uh, timeframes. And on my channel, I think anyone who's been following along, they see that I'm able to determine these moves purely because I've been keeping my emotions out of it. And I don't have this hodl forever mentality. 
Because unfortunately, when you're invested in cryptocurrency, you do need to be a little bit more quick with your moves because look at how quick the asset moves. So this is important. Um, and I don't know how to really describe more than, you know, just to start out with that foundation, because a lot of people want me to be like this XRP army leader. And I'm just not like I'm not a Bitcoin maxi. I'm not a whatever. All of that stuff doesn't serve me. So I, I know that I'm just saying this because you guys have been really gracious having me on so many times on your channel and there's a lot of spillover and the same thing with the bearable bull and some of them get to my channel and they're like holy what is this guy saying right now about xrp like i just talked about it in my last live stream and it offended a lot of people and i'm like well you got to first see where i'm coming from on this okay then if you combine where i'm where i'm at and then you take it with my analysis and the TA and my overall, like, you know, projections. Well, you could see like we're doing something really special here, which is trying to allow us to take action when most people are just like kind of thriving off of narratives. So we have so many narratives tied to XRP. The same thing with Stellar Lumens. Like you guys remember all last week. Let's just revisit this. OK, I think this is important. All last week, everyone couldn't shut up about there's a big update coming for Stellar Lumens on September 12th. Did you hear Waters Above say one thing about it? No, because it's a fucking distraction. It's always a distraction. What are they teamed up with a fucking Hollywood actor? Who gives a shit? Look at the chart today. Seriously, I want everyone to, who was the chart is crap. It's total crap. Want, yeah. And, and look at since September 10th, how it's been acting. It's right back into the same horizontal trading range that it's been in. So people need to learn skills. Okay. People need to learn skills. They need to learn TA or they need to learn decoding or they at least need to learn how to create a solid investment thesis. And perhaps, you know, what you guys are doing over here with Merlin could, could be supportive of that. So my whole thing here is that like, I get it that it's uncomfortable to learn a skill. It may, it's not as sexy to take some time because most people just want to follow along on like twi Twitter all day. Like people's like, you know, shouting at you from the void with very little action, you know, or any skill at all being lent over to you. So I think that's the real important conversation to have until we get into Bitcoin price discovery, like XRP is going to be doing what it usually does. It's going to be very choppy. Um, I do believe XRP has the 2024 year uh, as a very positive year. But when we like, this is why I'm saying this right now. And this, it's almost sounds like I'm avoiding the question, but like 99% of what I see people talk about XRP price discovery is taking old fractals and taking these old moments that happen. And they're being like, and they just keep posting that over and over and over again. And I'm like, dude, nobody's learning shit here. Like nobody's learning anything. Okay. So. I think that it's important for people to be uh, much more conservative with anything right now. I know that there's like this party coming up soon with Ripple on like the 29th or whatever. Don't get so don't. That's not going to be anything. Don't get lost in the sauce again, guys. How many times have you been bamboozled by dates tied to XRP and it never comes to fruition? OK, this is the worst fucking month in assets, whether you look at stocks, precious metals, Forex, I mean, well, actually DXY does pretty good around here, but needless to say, Forex overall, dog shit in the month of September. So we are not in a great month. We're not in a great time frame. Like we need to get through the next FOMC. We need to get through early October. Um, we need to get to Q4 and see how like that environment is in this pre-election year. And uh, then you're going to have a lot more clarity.
But right now with XRP, and and I think this is important to mention, with XRP going up to like almost a dollar recently and then getting smacked all the way down back into the same horizontal trading range before what happened with Judge Torres deeming this non-security, this is a sign of weakness. And it's a sign that investors are not really playing this game the way they talk like they're playing this game. So if you really want this chart and everything that's going on with this asset to do better, well, people need to actually start investing in it, not just talking about how they're invested in it. And uh, that's what's going to make these charts change. But it, it went all the way up to 90, got rejected. It's right back where it was. This is a huge sign of weakness, declination of volume, breaking below every macro you know, uh, resistance trend line. I mean, over and over again, it's just like... It, there's really nothing to say about it um, that makes me feel like some arbitrary huge price pump is going to come out of nowhere, you know. And I think that's where your question started, and where like kind of where you're where you're asking. And I think I see enough when I go on Twitter. I spend about three seconds on it before I make a post, and then I x out of it and I get off. But during the time of just loading it up, there'll be something on the first page that's like. XRP is going to like I feel it that it's going to go up in September to two dollars. Like, what do you you feel it? Like, are you sure? <laughs> you watch the oh, porn? Man. That's what you- yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just like again, it's oh, it's just like un, it's this interesting kind of, and that's what makes up a majority of what. The and, XRP and I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that too, Waters. I'm glad you said that because like. Sometimes, like, we try to be conservative, but, like, people get upset. They get, like, very emotionally tied to it. And we talk about we're going to pull profits. Remember, Abs, talking about pulling profits. Like, you called that when you – that low 80-cent range where you de-risked, and we were talking about that. Like, people got upset. They were calling us stupid. You don't know what you have. This is the third and the asset. And it's like the price charts don't lie. It, it's all right there in front of you. And like you said, like, people – act like they're holding on to this thing and this thing is the best thing ever but the price charts don't show that at least right yeah. now right and like you said until Bitcoin i love that. pulls the rest of this market up then we're just back in the same range like between 49 cents and i think the bottom of the range is at 41 right and like yeah. mid-range is 45 cents so if you don't have any then gate time to dollar cost average but like yeah it's not i don't see it going to any like magical number here in the next few months well, Waters, yeah. one of the questions I think a lot of our listeners have is now that the lawsuit has ended, and this isn't, uh, I guess, esoteric, but what it is, is it's it's legislation-wise, it seems like companies don't necessarily have an excuse not to use blockchain and not to use Ripple's products going forward. What do you think? You said 2024 could be a more optimistic year. I've heard I've heard low estimates like you think $1.30 by March. Maybe you can elaborate on that here. Sure. Well, it's funny. Like This is really funny because the XRP army is anti-bitcoin maxis and like i said i'm not either but like you want to know what's going to make xrp like jump up a little bit is a fucking bitcoin etf like this is like is it okay i want this to be clipped i want the whole everyone who's watching this repost this you'll put me on the crucifix if you want if this doesn't happen the way that i'm exactly saying it every single person that is anti like anti anti anti-bitcoin right in the XRP community, XRP Army, whatever, all right? Watch. When this Bitcoin ETF goes live, you're going to see XRP ride the coattails of that pump that happens on Bitcoin, okay? And then I want all of this shit to just end because you're going to realize that we're all a community of people that are interested in investing. That's it. It's not about, like, isolating down to one fucking, like, coin, like a cult. 
This is madness. All right. But I hope it humbles people. The same thing with my call of, you know, the, the 80 to 90 cent range and then a correction more, more than likely given past performance. You know, it's not to hurt your feelings. It's just to show you that this is the way the market runs. I don't want to go too deep into the spiritual or the mythology right here, but like Bitcoin is the son of this market. Bitcoin price discovery makes everything else go into price discovery right now. And this I'll get around to your question right right now. We're in a moment where Bitcoin can easily go to like 60 percent dominance easily. It just got back to 50 percent, like just over a couple of days. So when it goes back up to 60, 65, maybe percent dominance, and this could be happening leading into the next halving, that's not going to make these altcoin charts look as good as Bitcoin. So when we end Bitcoin price discovery and we start to keel over, which we did all the way back in like Q4 2021, you can see what it does to the altcoins. And I, I would say that people just need to be like, you know, this is a time to accumulate. I agree with Gonzo. I'm not a financial advisor. It's not financial advice. But these levels right here are super discounted. So that's me being positive to XRP. Like it's just a super dis like the only reason I took action on that pump up to 80 to 90 cents was because it was a trade that I had and I worked hard on setting that up and I put my, you know, my ass on the line by speaking publicly about it. I got a shit ton of hate for it, but now I don't hear any of those people. And also at the same time, and this isn't to throw any shade at other people who are analysts, but like, um, you know, I, I don't, um, by the way, I want to collaborate with this person and I think we would get along, but if you remember, I did interviews with Bearable Bull and then it went to interviews, an interview with a blockchain backer. Yep. Now, everyone started coming at me. And again, I'm like a leader. I know blockchain backers a leader. So this is just from me and every I'm just being transparent, but it's to prevent people treating me like this again. It was this moment of, well, blockchain backers saying the opposite of what Waters Above is saying. And I'm like, we're not against each other. Like, <laughs> we're we're here to collaborate. Like, why does it have to be this like, you know, Muhammad Ali versus Frazier shit? Like, I have nothing against this individual. I'm sure he's great at what he does. I don't watch his videos. I honor him for taking action and sharing his truth with the world. Like, what more do people want from me? But they started treating me like I was the guy who was wrong. And now that we're here, I'm like, you know, we did not see this explosive move that we were hearing about. And like, I just don't want there to be this like uh, uh, sword fight. That's going on from the from the follower side, from like the subscriber side of things. It's really it's it's harmful because I shared my investment thesis. And what I'm going to get into right now is the same process. It's like it's just sharing my investment thesis. I have more, you know, proof of what's what I'm about to say than any idea of some sort of four dollar XRP tomorrow bullshit. But yeah, it's more likely that a Bitcoin ETF would be what facilitates a rise up to about $1.40 for XRP. Then we need to see how it reacts at about $1.40 to a dollar because it keeps getting rejected at that level and then sinking below a dollar. And my idea is that we could actually see a 70 to 80 cent XRP by December into January 2021, pretty much recovering off of this recent correction, going back to those levels, which would be about 100% gain, by the way, off of this recent correction that we got. And then it just seems that April or specifically February and March during an election year are actually really solid months, and especially for Bitcoin. So this could facilitate what I believe is the starting phase, uh, starting phase two of the bull run. Currently, we're in phase one of the bull run, 
with with phase two, we enter a a Wyckoff SOS, a sign of strength. Now, I don't I, I, I would need to show charts and get into that. But in numbers, that would be an XRP move over two dollars. Until XRP can get there, we're not in a sign of strength. We have a very weak chart with continual continual lower highs, higher lows. Um, we need a trend reversal on the macro, and we've yet to see that. So um, I I need us to be very cautious right now with any exuberant, you know, four dollar, five dollar, six twenty, all of these upside targets when we're still sitting here at below fifty cents. Like, let's take it one step at a time. Let's stop entertaining this madness. Be better at, you know, keeping your emotions out of this. Develop a stronger investment thesis. And uh, the reason behind 2024 being good for XRP is more of a an esoteric thing. I know we've talked about it in the past on this channel. It would just take too much time. But a lot of people have been reaching out to me wanting me to make some sort of XRP decode, like an isolated decode to XRP. And uh, I could work on that probably Q1 2024. I think I could make a really nice like a one hour presentation to share all my thoughts. Moving into the year of the dragon, having the great American eclipse that's going to start on October 14th into April 8th. You know, I have so much stuff that I've already shared and it's scattered throughout my work. Like if anyone's a Patreon supporter of mine, you're going to see all of my decodes. I always talk about XRP as part of this move into 2024. So Waters Above is super fucking bullish on XRP in 2024. All right. Anything negative you hear, it's just me kind of extinguishing the nonsense that's being spread on the in the like in the larger you know scope of things it's to just well, provide clarity yeah you know what happens here was I, I caught a ton of grief from our, our community too when uh i predicted that you know xrp would go to about 80 90 cents after the lawsuit and i think what happens is people just have such a high high expectation for xrp and then when you come in with a different opinion that's not meeting that expectation right they kind of want to bash you because it doesn't fit their narrative so so you're just feeling i think we all feel that when you know when 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 that happens when you go against the grain but the reality is we just stick to what we believe is true and my feeling always was i couldn't agree with you more i've been saying on this show for a while that the only way you're going to see these things move up is there has to be a liquidity event Right now, we have the same pile of money, $1 trillion, just floating around in this space. Yeah. And there needs to be a reason, a realistic reason or an adoption reason of why more money would flood into the space to drive something up and then to be able to hold it up. Because right now, if it's $1 trillion, you know, we saw what happened. That money flowed into the news and out of the news. You know, and, some, and, and, and people who sold were smart and they made a good amount of money. But there was no reason for it to stay there because there was no real new money that came into the market. Now, I agree with you. I'm going to say on the show, when you get a Bitcoin ETF, that's a liquidity event. There's going to be a yep. shit ton of new money that now can flood into the space. And that's going to then flow over after it goes through Bitcoin and will flow into the other alts. And that could theoretically drive a bunch of things up. And I, so I couldn't agree with you more that I think in that event, you'll see that. And then. If they, if they, and they won't, because I don't think they'll turn the printing presses on for a while. But if that turns on, that's another liquidity event. So people need to realize that it's just a very, very simple equation of supply and demand. That's what drives prices up and down. And until we see that that equation shift, because more money comes into the space, 
we're always going to be playing around in these spaces. So, but I spot on agree with you. that Bitcoin ETF will be the rocket launcher, I think, and, to kick off and the next one, bull run. One thing to mention that's tangible that we could work with here is that look in 2003 on the gold chart when the first gold ETF launched and then look at what it led to. And then not only that, look at what that did for silver off of the huge correction silver had back in 1980. Okay? So think about this, family. Like, silver corrected 90 fucking 2% off of 1980 it was a parabolic blow off top it looked exactly like a crypto and yeah. then it stayed it stayed sideways from 86 pretty much all the way until 2004 but that that gold etf launched in 2003 and then you see what it led to i mean yeah, it was right. a gorgeous it was a gorgeous move and i think that this is really just a basic thing like don't overthink shit i think a lot of people like you know when Maybe they might come to my channel and they're like, whoa, this guy's talking about all sorts of like, you know, this, that and the third and it's complicated. And but I always try to simplify it and hand off utility. And most of the time, I know that there's a lot of complexity in what people are getting into on my channel and the devils in the details. I'm a guy who looks for those details like I make it so that you don't have to, <laughs> but I teach you a system so that you can. You know, and I think what we have right here, this potential gold ETF or sorry, Bitcoin ETF will play out almost identical to the gold uh, ETF. Same same concept. It will lead to probably one more super cycle and then it'll be trapped in that new trading range probably forever. I think that's a very controversial thing that, there because people want these coins to keep going up 10,000, 100,000% forever. But I, yeah. I'm a firm believer that this is the last bull run we'll ever get with these crazy price uh, moves. Because when we switch quantum, really, like when, when we really see institutional money jump in, what do you think that does? That initiates lots of ROI, but then it fucking removes all the... It stabilizes it. So the one thing that's on the one thing that's uh, that people need to consider is that we could potentially have a wipeout of all these nonsense altcoins as a part of this. Uh, not only the regulation side of things, but for the real sophisticated money moving in, because they're going to be like, "What's all this dog shit that's ruining what we're fucking with?" They're going to decapitate the dog shit. They're going to take it out and throw it away. So that's a big problem for the people that don't want to build an investment thesis that's centered around the category winners, as I like to call them. So I'm not here to tell people what to invest in. You could do your own research, but if you're like sleeping on the ISO 222s and if you're sleeping on Bitcoin and ETH, like I just don't know what to tell you. If you keep falling for the scam that Bitcoin's going to die and ETH is going to die, I don't know what to tell you. You know, the, the, you're unsavable at this point. Let's just put it like that. And if you're somebody who thinks that ETH and Bitcoin need to die so your XRP like uh, army can get a gold trophy, then sorry, you're also wrong. You know, like I'm not trying to be the, the asshole here, but somebody needs to just lay it out on the line. Like these things are created to harmonize the future of the economy, because right now we have a lot of money that's free floating. And guess what? The elites want to track it. And the best way to do that is to move you into CBDCs, to move us into digital currencies. We had Christine Lagarde, and this is something, the last thing I'll say before I transition over. Christine Lagarde, and I, I might have brought this up on our last interview, she was talking about how the Euro Central Bank will be deciding on what they're going to do with CBDCs by October. That's a month away. That could very, very well be the uh, black swan that we're like, you know, that we're, I mean, at least I'm anticipating something to happen a little sooner. 
in my opinion, before the end of September. But needless to say, um, when we're talking about the euro, that's 50% of the weight of the DXY, right? I think it's about 54 to 56%. You guys could correct me if I'm wrong, but it's over half, all right? The euro is over half of the weight of the DXY. So this instantly puts pressure. I think pressure. it's 56. I think it's 56%. There you go. And then you have what's going on with the whole world with BRICS last conference where they're, you know, if you look at the list of countries that apply to be part of BRICS in just 2023, it'll make your goddamn head explode. You know, it's a fucking huge amount of GDP and market cap that could be flooding into that um, system. And they're clearly trying to de-dollarize. I mean, I know that the Federal Reserve is going to do whatever they need to do, like in order to keep this bullshit going on forever. But a big part of that is to, you know, push these narratives that are anti-crypto. And we know this because they've been doing that forever until just last week or, you know, last the last year. Um, we've been having a ton of that stuff go on where they're like anti-Bitcoin and then they're in the background accumulating it. You know what I mean? So this is pretty much the transition years. I would say it's this 2023, 2024. And by 2025, we should see a lot of these bad actors in the space go away. We'll see things like XRP and, uh, you know, everything that's going on with the coins that we usually focus on doing very well. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a completely different bull run than we had in the 2021 bull run for sure. I couldn't agree with you more. I've been saying the same thing, Waters, is at the end of the day, this is a different, we're moving into a different area uh, or a different time frame. There's going to be regulation around it. We'll get that major, major liquidity event, which will be the Bitcoin ETF. After that, what other liquidity event is there going to be to drive it? As you said, you saw what happened with the, with the gold ETF. Once that major liquidity event happened, and most of the money's in it. Well, for it to go up more, you need new money. That's probably not going to happen. So I'm kind of spot on with you there that that is going to be it. Once that comes, you're going to you, – these crazy spike and beak boards, I think those days are over. It'll, it'll, it'll normalize itself, and we'll get more yeah. of a regular stabilized market, kind of like the stock market. This I, th I agree with you totally, 100%. This is the last time. I think I think somebody can just quickly take the entire crypto uh, market cap, remove Bitcoin, remove ETH, remove the ISOs, and then, you know, there's going to be a handful of shit that makes it through. But then whatever yeah. that leftover amount is, that has to go somewhere. Do you think it's going to go into gold? Do you think it's going to go into Tesla stock? No. No. It's going to go into those, those couple projects that made it, the same way with the dot-com bubble. So right. the diff people want to compare the dot-com bubble to the 2018 cycle. I completely disagree because yeah. there was so many more bullshit projects that came in 2020 and 2021. Just nonsense. Okay. So what will be the difference is we'll have like an Amazon event or an Apple event where we saw they got hit, but then they ended up being the category winners moving in. And if you look at those charts, I think it's going to be the same thing for Bitcoin, for ETH, for XRP. Um, we just need to get all the nonsense out. And if anyone wants to do that maths, it's very quick. You just go on coin market cap, just add up those four or five projects. You know, well, the ISOs, it's debatable how many there are, but let's just say there's about seven over there. You add Bitcoin, ETH, and stable coins if you want to have fun and then just remove everything else and you're going to see what you're left with it's a fuck ton I mean, of money and it has to go somewhere and that's no yeah. new money by the way brother you were just talking about the new money i'm just talking about the existing money um that's, just right there just on the back of a napkin i just looked at, i did a quick glance you're talking about 400 uh billion dollars uh, for uh yeah. about 350 billion dollars it's got to go somewhere you're yeah. right so that 350 billion if you were to put it into conservatively like 
you know, whatever percentage, if you even wanted to only add 50% of that to Bitcoin, and then you put the other 50% to everything else, it would make these prices that we're looking at today look absurd. So there, that's a very, uh, uh, that's a very positive and optimistic thing for me to say, even though it's very, uh, for the people who just want to play the shit coin and meme coin game. Well, this is probably your last cycle to do that. Yep. Johnny Crypto, we got to close this out because I know we're running short on time, but we got 781 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close out today's video with an interview from Brad Garlinghouse yesterday. Also, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to Waters. Waters, All these are always just a learning experience for me. And I think this conversation in particular is one of the best conversations we've ever had on our channel. So I just want to say thank you for always making time for us and taking the time to jump on our program. A lot of our listeners really, really enjoy your content. So Thanks again. Really can't say that enough. Guys, yeah, this is the, the video. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, Waters. This is the video that we're going to close out today's show with. This is Brad Garlinghouse speaking at a conference yesterday. They're calling this conference Tokenization 2049. Well, Brad Garlinghouse was still firing shots at Gary Gensler. Here we go. The native token XRP, the SEC had said that it was going against the securities law. The, the U.S. court ruled in your favor. The SEC has now indicated that it could end up appealing that decision. So what was your reaction when that news came through? Well, on one hand, it's frustrating. You, know, you, you have a government that has unlimited resources to keep fighting a fight they've already lost, but there's no, there's no recourse. And so, you know, for Ripple, it's, we've obviously spent well over $100 million already defending this case. Uh, and it, we are very optimistic. You know, the judge has already said very clearly XRP is not security. What they have asked permission from the courts to appeal isn't actually whether or not XRP is a security. That, that is still clear. It's more nuanced about whether or not cer in certain circumstances, uh, the, the, if there's a transaction, there'd be an investment contract. So I, I don't know what the court will rule about whether or not they're even allowed to appeal right now. Uh, but I, I, am, I remain very optimistic because I think as you go up the appellate court system in the United States, you actually get more conservative. And uh, that, I think, bodes well. And at the end of the day, I said this a long time ago. The facts are on our side and the law is on our side. And we'll continue to prevail in court because of that. I'm interested when it comes to, because you just mentioned that the amount of hiring that you're doing. So that's really what I wanted to play, Waters. We're seeing a shift in American politics right now. And I think we're seeing a shift in global policy. A lot of our listeners are excited. The bear market, it's mostly behind us. So to close it out on an optimistic note, what do you anticipate? We went over this earlier in the show for 2024. But do you believe that the bull run will begin in 2024 and we're going to continue with these four-year market cycles similar to what we've seen before? Or could this be the moment where companies like Ripple make an impact in the market and we start talking about utility instead of speculation? What do you think, Waters? Well, I think the concept of utility versus speculation is on an individual level, right? Because we've seen Bitcoin do what it does over and over and over again, and people still believe that it's like, you know, a scam or whatever, but we have how many years of it continuing on price discovery. So there's always going to be somebody where they're anti whatever or pro something because of their personal amount of research and where they stand on it. So the people that have a lot of conviction for XRP have already made the decision in their investment thesis to consider that it has utility and they don't look at it as speculation, right? But then on the other side, you're going to hear people that think that it's still speculative to go with XRP because it doesn't have the chart or really much to back up, you know, the belief of the ones who look at it from a utilitarian perspective. So just to get that out of the way, I think that's really important. That belief 
is everything when it comes to investment. And if you think it's a speculation or you speculate, whatever, if you if you have some you know rhyme and reason behind your investment thesis, you're going to have that conviction. And that's just it is what it is. Um, now, as for where XRP stands in 2024, I think that it's going to be on the back of Bitcoin ETF. It's going to be on the back of regulation um, and big money moving in to Bitcoin. And then it will be positive from there. As for bull run and how when it's going to start, I think that we need to look to April, May, probably to start seeing a 50K Bitcoin again. Um, probably around April, May, we could probably get like a 40K, 40 to 50K Bitcoin, depending in those two months, even with the halving. And uh, yeah. I think that that's very promising for something like XRP, and it's going to look like very well recovered off of that. But even if the case fully ends before then, I don't necessarily think it's going to create price discovery early. I think we'll need Bitcoin price discovery in order for everything else to move. And the one last thing I'll say is the Bitcoin ETF thing, I do feel it'll create an initial spike but it will not be as sustainable. Like it's not just going to go parabolic from there. It's going to instantly go up. A lot of volume is going to get injected and then we might get a deeper correction after it. So be prepared that when we have these moments, there's going to be this like buy the rumor, sell the new shit, right? Like, so unless a lot of money starts piling in, and by the way, the biggest investors, they, they get bots and they buy small amounts every five minutes over and over again. So it looks like it's not even affecting the price. You know, people have already revealed this, like Elon Musk, it revealed this back in, what was it, July? Uh, or no, it was probably like the fall time into... Hmm. I remember it was like when Bitcoin was correcting off of that initial spike up in 2021 and they revealed exactly how they were uh, going in. Uh, yeah, you could see at the start of 2021, we had a sharp correction right after it. And that was the moment Elon and Tesla started uh, accumulating. They the SEC came out and spoke about this after the fact, and then they came out and talked about how they were doing it. And then it was the news that created the price discovery. But he already was situated and positioned. So, you know, that's what I believe is going on right now. Companies like like BlackRock and all these big wigs that are getting invest. They're already investing as we speak. They're already building a huge position with whatever Black Swan event comes in. They're going to be building an even bigger position then. Um, but the only difference right now versus 2020, 2021 is the lending is different with these interest rates. So anywho, I uh, don't want to get too long winded on this, but people just need to look out to Q, um, probably Q2 in 2024, if they're having any anticipation of the timing of all of this, of when to see some recovery. But for right now, it's just chop, lots of chop and more likely something devastating to come very, very soon, which is a buying opportunity. Johnny Crypto, I got to play 30 seconds of this before we close it out. It's a video we played yesterday explaining how JP Morgan and many of these firms have been in the market for almost a decade. On September 12th, Jamie Dimon says Bitcoin is a fraud. He says he'll fire any one of his traders buying Bitcoin. Bitcoin drops 24%. When Jamie Dimon speaks, people listen, people listen. So that weekend, we found out that the largest buyer... Of a, of a Bitcoin fund that's in Europe that buys physical Bitcoin, right? The largest buyer was Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan. So if that's not a primary example of how they run these markets waters, I genuinely don't know what our listeners are waiting for. But we got 722 live listeners joining us. First of all, 
Thank you for being here on this Wednesday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I saw you had a closing comment. I'm going to kick it to you and then Waters and we'll end the show. Well, I was just going to say, you know, do what they do, not what they say. That's the way you make money. Buy when there's blood in the streets, fear and all that good stuff. And it sounds like there's going to be an opportunity coming. So make sure you got your money sitting on the sideline because the end of September or October may be a really, really good buying opportunity. Don't be scared. And Waters, just want to say I love you, brother. Thank you so much for for, uh, coming back on the show again. Can't wait to have you on again. Thank you so much, Waters. Appreciate you. And check out this poll as well. As we did a poll during the live stream, we got uh, 523 votes, and 78% of them think we're going to see a black swan within the next three months, while 22% do think that better days are ahead for the market. So really quick, what do you think about those stats, Waters? And I want to remind people where they can find your content as well. Well, yeah, I agree. I think that it's more than likely to happen sooner than later, just given the fact that we're in a pre-election year. And if they're going to do anything, you know, it's better to get it sooner than too close to the elections. Right. So that's just like an exoteric basics. Um, And I agree. Yeah, it's more likely going to happen actually probably as soon as the next couple of weeks um, into the end of September. Um, and you guys could go check out my channel. I have a new video coming out tomorrow. It's my first video in two weeks. So I'm going to be dedicating it to the end of the Jubilee. If you guys are interested in my work, you're going to be given a full scoop on what's going on there. And, um, other than that, I do have an important update coming out in tomorrow's video too. So you could stay tuned for that in the intro and, uh, all my other links are in the description of that YouTube channel. And I really appreciate you guys having me on again. I'm looking forward to maybe connecting again in October. That would be awesome, oh, Waters, definitely. and I think our listeners would be super excited about that as well. First of all, I want to say thank you to Waters for the 10,000th time. Cannot thank you enough, and I'm seriously looking forward to collaborating in October if that's possible. We got 713 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and say thank you to Waters in the comments, please. We'll see you guys in 23 hours, and like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank Woo! you. Let's go.